Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me. This is a weekly podcast talking about Tokusatsu. Uh, Splitting two separate shows. One is the yearly podcast. We look at stuff yearly as it comes out or as it's coming out. And the other is a book club. We look at things in monthly chucks. You're about to listen to the first episode of the book club on Common Rider Ryuki, the 2002 beloved series. Henshin! guys we're here uh we're coming out on time and we're the book club starting comrade ryuki look at episodes one through five and i'm kip and we'll be steph hey steph hey and david hey david morning and yeah um it's exciting because we have a whole new series we got that fresh vibe meeting new people meeting new stuff but um really quick um What's the scariest place a monster could show up in your life right now, everyone? The toilet. Okay. <laughs> that's true. I mean, legitimately, that's when you are at your absolute most vulnerable, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely part of me that's like worried that like a Freddy Krueger hand will like reach up and like grab my butt from being a kid. That that's like a kid like fear I had. Nah, you just give it a little tickle. <laughs> <laughs> just saying hi. Yeah. <laughs> After having owned a bidet for many years, uh, I'm not afraid of anything <laughs> going up my butt like that. The good thing about a bidet is that vampires can't get to you because running water. It's true, running water, right? Yeah. yeah. Not today, Dracula. That's why I put garlic in mine. You say as you clean your ass. Yeah. yeah see? Uh, so, uh, the thing the toilet staff is, um, I'm a big fan of sci-fi, but one of my biggest gaps is I've never seen X-Files. Um, and really me either oh here's my issue i know the plot of x-files is like i want to believe there's a believer and like a non-believer and they're paired up but i i didn't realize that they fought actual supernatural monsters and i think that kind of invalidates the non-believer because i remember as a kid like my cousin showing me like here's the toilet monster they fight and there's like a worm fleshy man who comes from the toilet it eats people's insides. And I, I was like, well, how do you not believe after you see that, that there's weird shit out there? Yeah, I wish I could remember because I did watch it. My parents really liked it. But I I was so young at the time that I kind of just accepted everything at face value. I wouldn't have thought to question something like that. So I legitimately don't remember unless it was just something where like Jillian a, a Anderson's character was just always like, well, I found a credible alternative explanation that I'm going to go with instead. But yeah, maybe we need to watch X-Files one time for like a special episode or something. Yeah, I was like, hey, we met verifiable aliens and stuff, but also I don't believe in the supernatural. I, I still think David Duchovny is off his fucking rocker. I don't understand. That's always bothered me. But it's like, oh, here's a believer, a non-believer. And also they're fighting the devils. Well, oh, okay, well. Uh, okay <laughs> cool non-believer cool <laughs> character spot for them you would you would think literally by like probably episode three the person who doesn't believes like okay th this is like too much weird shit happening in the span of like two <laughs> exactly 
you'd think, like, my house has been haunted twice since I started this job. I really need to start questioning what I believe and what I don't. Unless they're, like, really insufferable and they're like, oh, well, I met it. So it's natural. It's in the natural world. They met it. Oh, <laughs> oh I wouldn't be surprised if it was some bullshit like that, too. See, yeah, now we have to do a special episode and watch some X-Files. Which should be great, because um, I feel like, don't want to put crushes in your mouth, Steph. Jillian Anderson was a pretty big sci-fi 90s crush for a lot of people. Me included. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed. Like I was like, Steph's probably really into Jillian Anderson, actually. Honestly, she can say whatever outlandish bullshit she wants after seeing an alien, and I'll just be like, yes, ma'am. I mean, yeah. Uh, but no, um, speaking of belief, though, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, before we like talk about like the plot conversation, Ryuki, let's talk about the cultural context it comes into. Um, so, you know, um, Cupboard Yuki is the 2002 series. It comes out after Kamar Kuga and Aguto after this big gap. And so, like, the thing to understand that, that this is in a lot of ways, like, the first departure, the first weird modern Kamar Rider show. And it kind of goes away from the format. Because, like, Kamar Kuga is like a story of this guy hunting down monsters from an ancient civilization. Kamarider Agito is a story of this guy and some other guys who are hunting down these monsters from an ancient civilization that want to kill members of Mensa. Um, Kamaruyuki's not that show. And I mentioned before that, like, part of the reason is because, like, the producer saw 9-11 and was like, we should teach kids about morality. Which is such a, a weird stance to take. Yeah, but basically, like, Kamaruki comes out as, like, a departure from what Kamarider is, and, like, a big part of that is morally. Um, so this is, like, a lot of this, like, drama 2000s, like, toku stuff kind of starts here, where it's like, hey, let's make this a drama with a big cast that misinterprets each other and interacts in certain ways that we saw in Fies, for example. Uh, a big part of Fice. Well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I I watched these five episodes because I um because we are starting a new series, right? So I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm like, I have to watch Come Rider every week. Do you want to watch it with me this time? So she watched the the first five episodes with me, and her comment was like, she's like, this is for children. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that with a couple of the series that we've watched, to be honest. So I get it. Yeah, it's weird because like a lot of the Kamarder from this era is dark like that. Like I remember in the series before this, like Kamarder Agito, there's like this jellyfish monster that like grabs a dad and drowns him in a tree that he makes like partially made of water. So this kid sees his dad drowning while he's in a tree and it's like super horrific. <laughs> yeah, it's dark, man. Mm -hmm. And like it's less so there's less let's destroy <laughs> right, a bunch yeah, yeah. of people <laughs> in modern cover writer. So because of how this fell in the timeline, was September 11th, what kind of changed how these shows started formatting themselves? Or was it because of this show that was made because of, you know, the idea behind, you know, justice? I mean, like, 
I think it was just like September 11th was such a big cultural moment around the world or, or like around the world insofar as like the Western world cultural sphere of like countries like mm-hmm. hanging out with America at the table. Um, I do think maybe it was just like a major thing that happened. Like it's almost like how it was like, oh, it could have been something else. Like it could have been like a, like a bombing in Paris, you know? Um, That's true. And I mean, 9-11 kind of kicked off a lot of world shaking events so it, it makes sense that yeah. things kind of took on like a darker and grittier tone all around in media it wasn't just like with common writer we started to see it with a lot of movies and in shows and you know the stuff that we watch also so they weren't necessarily planning to do common writer again in this slot after the first like two years of the modern era they were mm-hmm. thinking maybe we'll do something else um and it also happens like a few times like in the next couple years i think um Hibiki wasn't going to be Kamen Rider, but the creator of Kamen Rider had died and he had this one idea left that they wanted to try and do. So they like did Hibiki, which didn't work out great for them. But um, <laughs> but like, I think it's not like that 9-11 affected Japanese culture that much. I think it was just like the way news changed and they were like, oh, we want to do a story about like morality. But also mm-hmm. I think they probably get close to here anyway, because that did seem like ugh, I'm not a an expert on like Japanese history or like anthropology, but this is like this generation kind of coincides with like the lost generation in Japan where there's a bunch of people who don't get theirs economically. And there's kind of like a whole generation of like young adults who basically are kind of like displaced in their own country, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's cause the, the economic bubble had burst at this point, like Japan in Japan in the eighties was really just like popping off. And then nineties and early two thousands come and everyone's like, shit, dude, we're broke. (laughs) So like a cultural shift was going to happen in the kind of shows being made no matter what, you know, uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. it it obviously was happening in real time, so the media is going to reflect that. And that I didn't realize that all of that was happening in Japan at the time. So that's really it. It, it kind of puts a little bit more of the things that we see on the screen in context. Like uh, literally, um, until Kamen Rider Kabuto, I think like every main Kamen Rider is just like precariously housed. <laughs> <laughs> too which i gotta like just like it's it gets figured out but there's a certain kind of reality of like oh yeah i don't have a family or a house or like a great paying job and i'm the hero suddenly you know i think we've only watched one common writer that had a common writer that lived in a mansion and like had a manservant all the rest of them have been kind of just whatever they can get by with i mean like Kiva had his house. Deno had his house with sister. Oh yeah, poor Kiva. Yeah, I, I I can't believe I forgot about that sweet little guy. Chagerod was uh, in this boom <laughs> bubble of. He definitely. Was. I don't think you ever saw Akira's house. You only ever saw the inside of the. He lived in the place, right? Yeah, I assumed he he seems like a guy who lives in his office. I was about to say, I think every time I saw him sleeping was in that office. Garo's the only upper class hero we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking of, too. But like I said, I'd completely forgotten about Kiva and his giant bathtub and all his luxury also. 
yeah, it's like, oh, my, like, um, Kamara Kiva is like kind of like the sequel to like About a Boy, where it's like, yeah, my dad made a bunch of really good jingles. So I have this nice house. He's gone now. It's like that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> which is a weird poll. Uh, but it, it is. And I, I, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I did. But no. So, like, um, just to, to say though, like, Kamara Yuki does very well. People go, it becomes a beloved series. Um, the like actors like make a killing um in photo books <laughs> and public appearances. And um they are just like really like boy band style, like get swarmed when they're like traveling, like while the show's airing. Like this just like becomes a cultural kind of moment for Kamen Rider, and this is like still like a beloved series. Um, so much so that I pulled up um the results for um 2021's uh all Kamen Rider great voting, which was a fan vote of the of the best Kamen Riders and Kamen Rider series, according to fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just read you the top ten series in Kamen Rider. According to fans, um, any guesses what's on here? Deno, Deno, Deno has to be on there. Uh, I'm gonna go with Fies because I actually still see quite a few references to that one in in like the subreddits and stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like number one, number two is Deno and Fies. Yeah. So, um, for series slash movies, uh, which is like weird because there's also like, some movies here. Um, there's a whole like 25 list, but I'll just do top 10. Um, number 10, Kamen Rider 01. Mm, that's good. Number 9, Common Rider. Uh, number 8, Kamen Rider EX8. Number 7, Kamen Rider Fies. Wow, that's wow. lower than I thought. Number okay. 6, Kamen Rider Ryuki. Number 5, Kamen Rider Build. Uh, kind of mid-TBH. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no taste. Number four, cover writer Kuga. Okay. Cover writer three, cover writer O's. Uh, cover writer two, uh, or number two, not cover writer two. Uh, two, cover writer double, and th- and one, cover writer Deno. Interesting. Okay. I knew Deno was going to be on there. Number one makes sense. Yeah. I don't, man. Like, I like Deno, but number one. Yeah, I, I'm the same. What gets weird is when you look at the top 10 list of like writers, it gets a little weirder. Mm. Um, because number 10, Comrade Grease from Comrade Build. Number nine, Comrade Bill from Comrade Build. Um, number eight, Common Rider. Uh, <laughs> just number one. Barely top 10. Number seven, Comrade Kabuto. Number six, Comrade Decade. Number five, Oddly enough, Kamen Rider Fies. Really? Yeah. Uh, four is O's. Three is Kuga. Two is Double. And one is Deno. Huh. So Ryuki doesn't break the top whatever, but the series does. Um, which is just like, those first couple of years of Kamen Rider, like, people love Kuga, people love Fies, people love Ryuki. They l- love Deno. But yeah, so... Just the context, popular show, 
a ton of stuff um and also uh the only modern common writer to get an american series <laughs> and common writer dragon knight i'm i'm honestly surprised garo wasn't on any of the lists oh well, it's um not Wait, common I rider that, that was oh i'm jeez i can't believe i missed that yep just turn off my microphone i'm done no you're, you're good it happens so <laughs> come right dragon knight 2009 american series um are you guys down to hear the opening come right dragon knight and compare it to the one for yuki oh god yes please i remember when it was <laughs> i remember like when it was airing on tv <laughs> yeah uh it's I'll have context, and basically something that I'm going to do is I'm going to just, when we meet a character, um, I'll show you what their Dragon Knight version looks like. This video contains content from Toei, who has blocked it in your country. Thanks, Toei. Oh, God you damn it. Dickheads. Can you, can you stream it real quick? Yep. I can stream it. Okay. So just have in your mind uh, the like, theme song for Yuki. Um... And we'll talk about like uh, that comparison. But first, all right, everybody, if you are watching along, it's going to be on one, three, two, one. <laughs> oh my God. It's kind of exactly what I thought it was. Gonna be. <laughs> so, this, this is just the American version of what we're watching now? Yes. Interesting. Spoilers. I like the uh, Japanese theme song better. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This Let's is kind of awesome in like a sick ass butt rock way. <laughs> I, I think it just reminds me too much of my childhood. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that they they still called it Common Rider though, right? Because they could call it whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah, because Common Rider wouldn't be recognized in America as There had been Masked Rider in the 90s that crossed over Power Rangers. Oh, okay. That used um, Common Rider Black or Black RX, I think. Um, and it was like, that was like Masked Rider, Masked Rider. And it was like an alien prince and his sidekick that was Vern Troyer in like a lady like fursuit came to earth and were adopted <laughs> that sounds fucking incredible <laughs> i don't know why i missed so many cool things back then but it depresses me that i did um and like the thing with dragon knight is um it came out it had 40 episodes it kind of so it kind of did a lot of things to make it less cool like when they put their like decks in their belts it just spins instead of just going in a lot of weird flourishes um mm. Uh, maybe if we finish the show up to it, we'll watch it. But um, j- just to feel the pain. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say something that I don't know. It, it, it will trigger our fans. It might trigger you, David. But it aired on four kids. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, you can already imagine the absolute butchering this thing got. <laughs> Does that mean anything to you, Steph? Like four kids? Or was that like absolutely nothing 
I just love when I hear that tone in David's voice, like something has really triggered him just for just for a quick second. It always makes me giggle. I can't help it. The four kids is where your childhood anime goes to die. <laughs> What's four kids and what was and what did it do for anime? Oh, God. Like four kids is just fucking. They're the fucking worst. So multiple animes like were like licensed by four kids and they were just these weird dubs. It would be stuff like I think most famously Yu-Gi-Oh! and One Piece. So like fucking oh my god, the butchering of One Piece is fucking brutal. Um to like <laughs> the One Piece is a fucking show about pirates, right? So like there's things that come with that kind of um uh, I guess, like, not tropes, but, like, that uh, genre or theme or whatever, right? So, you know, people yeah, smoke sure. cigarettes. People people use guns because they're fucking pirates. But, like, mm. the four kids decided, oh, guns? Bad. In America? Can't have those. So uh, <laughs> let's change them all to water pistols. So they look goofy as shit. They remove, like, all the blood. They change Sanji, who's, like, a fucking chain-smoking badass to having a lollipop so every time he like because like his cigarette is always like um it looks like a hand rolled cigarette so it's like it doesn't have a filter on it. it's just like white so what they yeah. end up doing is at the end of the cigarette all the time they just like redrew in a lollipop so he doesn't smoke weird. he just always has a lollipop it's fucking weird or like uh, that happened to that guy from naruto that smoked yeah azuma same, same thing with like Yu-Gi-Oh. There's like an extremely famous scene in Yu-Gi-Oh where um uh if you know the character Seto Kaiba, he's like the evil mastermind of like a mega corporation that makes cards games for children. Um but anyway, so he's like in his he's like in his evil mastermind CEO office, and like two goons in the original show, two goons break into the show with fucking pistols out. But again, this is America. We can't have pistols mm-hmm. out because that would be violent. <laughs> so they they break in and they redrew their hands to remove the pistols. And then they're just pointing like finger guns at him. But nothing wow. else in the show changed. And it's the goofiest shit ever. That's incredible. Incredible how bad that sounds. Like, I know four kids, but also like just hear you describe it, it makes me like imagine. Remember the... um pg porn or whatever it was or people would like draw pixel art over porn so people were like playing bongos or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh no um or like eating corn of the cob was my favorite um <laughs> but hey yeah uh, that four kids one piece opening is fucking a, it's a fucking banger gotta go gotta go west is that it no no it's it's dreaming don't give it up luffy dreaming <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's, it's a fucking. It goes from it goes from one of the the most recognizable Japanese songs ever. Like you you sing "We Are" to any Japanese person, they know all the fucking words. So changing that to like this weird like four kids fucking pirate rap is goofy as shit. <laughs> Mewtwo, Pikachu, Bugsy. Yeah, it's exact. It's exactly that. My favorite was always not four kids, but. Welcome to the Grand Tour, Grand Tour, Grand Tour for uh, Dragon Ball GT. Oh, uh, speaking God. of, yeah, we got a different one. It was in another time and place, scattered all over space. Great show. 
worth noting that um, nowadays you have it good if you weren't an anime fan back then because like there's lots of stuff like making two lesbian cousins at Sailor Moon. Oh god, yeah, I that forgot was about them. That. Okay, yes. so I've watched one of their shows before then. Yep. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> it, that might not have been for kids, but that was just the time period. I'm yeah. I might have been I don't know if it was if it was for kids or not, but um that specific thing like changing uh Uranus and Neptune to be uh cousins in the English version led to probably some of the funniest fucking dialogue ever. Yes. We're cousins. Like there's like uh there's like a specific scene where they're like you know doing like a not like a meet cute but they're like a, they're like a lesbian couple, right? And they're like in front of the sun and it's like this really romantic moment and then I think like <laughs> Neptune says to Uranus she's like you have nice teeth or something like that. Like it's, it's fucking so goofy. That's incredible. I, oh God. I thought you were going to talk about there's like a scene where they're like on a motorcycle together and like riding off in the sunset as they're talking about how much like they love each other. And they're like, cousin, I love you. <laughs> uh, so really, uh, a lot of um a lot of different women that were into women that had very conflicted feelings and had <laughs> my my brain knows this is gay but you're telling me it's not exactly <laughs> uh um so yeah um that's like the kind of history that like dragonite kind of gets the tail end of that cuz i feel like even three years later, it's a world of difference where like there are shows coming out and maybe they're a little bit like Americanized, but they're still keeping their theme song, you know, but nowadays, like a lot of shows don't even get an American theme song or like change like their names that much. It's like, oh, yeah, you can deal with this person with this obscure Japanese name. <laughs> You're good. You watch the show. Um, However, um, if you go back to the stream. Things wrap around in an interesting way for our um, friends at Kamen Rider Dragonite. It becomes, um, it airs the same time as Kamen Rider Decade to the point where Kamen Rider Decade in its movie crossover with Deno uses the like suits that they make for their movie villains. Mm -hmm. But also um, the dub of Kamen Rider Dragonite that comes to Japan has its own theme song. And I want to just compare the quality of this theme song to the one we just saw for uh, Comrade Dragonite. This is from the Visual K band Death Spiral. And are we ready? Ready. Okay. Three, two, one. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. So in Japan, they will just get Power Rangers back, for example, and there's like a whole like fan community of the dub Power Rangers, and there's like this weird double dipping you get. And oftentimes they'll like get some actors who like, I was the Black Ranger in like this series of Super Sentai, I'm going to dub my adapted version of Power Rangers. And Dragonite, this one real modern example of a like Power Rangers adaptation, has that 
happened. We'll get to that later, but it comes back to Japan, gets its own theme song, gets its own sequel novel that was never translated to English. That's some this is some weird Ouroboros type shit. Right? <laughs> but people are just so fond of Ryuki that this weird, not always great quality, like um often not great quality, um, retelling of it has its own fandom greater than it did in America. Weird. And yeah, um, the thing about um, Dragon Knights and this whole thing is that um, <laughs> Ryuki is so popular that it's able to come back around, have its own bigger budget for its like theme songs and stuff. Um, you mentioned, though, David, that mm. why did nobody adapt Kamen Rider more? In like the early 2000s, there was a, a like license from Saban where they licensed the name Power Rider and they were going to bring Kamen Rider over in like 2011. Power Rider? Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I think people thought they were going to adapt either Kabuto or like... Oh, no. Decade oh, no. or double. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine what an American adaptation of Kabuto would be like. Jesus. Oh, look, it's Tony, and he's telling us what his grandma said. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, grandma always said to put the, the garlic in the pizza sauce. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. I'm just imagining that. But yeah, um, so that never happened, of course. Thank fuck. <laughs> yeah. Though that would have been funny, um, but <laughs> it didn't happen. And um, so we just got... Mostly normal Kamen Rider coming over. Um, let's go now and let's actually talk about Ryuki after we get some context out of the way. Um, because <laughs> this is a show that has a lot going for it. So episode one is uh, called The Secret Story's Birth. It's the start of a new Kamen Rider era. Um, and immediately... This is a horror-themed Kamen Rider. This is like an urban legend, like not quite cyber lonely, not quite like the cyber loneliness that we talk about because people aren't like on their phones. That's why they're in trouble. But mirrors are the point of the horror. And what do you all think of the horror setup for the series? I liked it. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I was too. I I wasn't expecting that because like I said, I, I try really hard not to look up anything about these shows before we watch them. So when that started happening, I was like, man, that's a really interesting concept. And I I wasn't sure, like, it, it, and this is jumping a little, I wasn't sure when we got to the battle part how that was going to play out, but I was, I was really surprised by how much I liked that as a concept. I think it really works, too, just because, like, there's something so, like, disaffected about the world where the monsters come from mirrors that like you don't even notice. Like there's something like what that says about like not nihilism, but just the way people can like kind of not feel connected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not even just mirrors. It's like literally a reflection in anything. Yeah. It, and that made me start thinking about how many reflective surfaces we have because <laughs> of our technology. now. Literally too, like, everywhere. If that was if that was like a real thing that we legitimately had to be worried about, like we as a society would be fucked. <laughs> There'd be no escaping it whatsoever. Yeah, it's scary as hell. It's just like, oh wow, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think it like lends to this style of like 
drama too is like they love to film the city and they love to film the shiny buildings and the metal and mm-hmm. all of that stuff has like a cool menace added to it because the monsters come from mirrors I didn't even think about that but you're right because now when we're looking at these beautiful shots over the city there is kind of like this underlying tension about it like where are we about to see a monster pop out of and it's not something we had to worry about in any other series and like the orthodox are like people but that's like different from coming from like another like mirrors and stuff there's something yeah. mm-hmm. different to that like they live style the mirrors definitely more horrifying in that in that respect i think and um i don't know how everyone watched it but i watched this off of the off of the tokusatsu like the like shout factory and it looks incredible uh it looks crisp as hell i was like damn blu-rays huh official releases huh <laughs> um this is one of three series it comer to kuga and to zero one that are released officially in good quality what i mean is technically there's comrade fies but i think it's just a machine translated based off of like a portuguese dub so i don't i wouldn't recommend going beyond the shout factory releases for common rider um except for i think common rider black f- from discotech but just it looks great it's been handled with care it's just streaming out there which is cool to me as the guy who used to watch four kids dubs to be like oh high quality original shows like streaming (laughs) (laughs) i checked on uh on prime um like just to watch like the first bit of one episode and it's rated 16 plus by amazon which you know what okay i think maybe i think like pg-13 like there's nothing too graphic i don't know uh or terror maybe not yet maybe that's why it earned a higher rating Mm -hmm. oh but yeah so horror theming we um then gets the op which thoughts on the actual alive life um a very iconic song but it is the op for kamen rider uh ryugi uh i quite i quite like it actually i like this this opening if you're doing karaoke probably a very easy song to find (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) and like the glass shatters like stone cold gonna show up there's just a bunch of people like crossed out just I, I really liked that effect. I, I could take or leave the opening song, but I really liked when they would do that um, that kind of cross-out effect over people's eyes just randomly throughout the opening. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what else the show kind of sets up, too, is that um, this is a different kind of Kamen Rider show. We, like, start with, like, a bunch of people, like, commuting, looking at their phones to look at the news at Ore Journal. And uh, it, it's not our friends from Deno. It is just a journal. Uh, but um, <laughs> so like <laughs> they're reading the story about like police corruption. And then like part of the headline is like maybe they deserve to be in handcuffs. So it's like Kuga had a police sidekick <laughs> and like there was a police writer <laughs> at Agito. And here's like here's Ryuki first seen being like some of those that burn crosses. <laughs> Uh, let's start with the staff that's like the minor staff of this um journal though because we have Reiko um, is she is she minor staff I don't know she seems like a kind she kind of kinda seems character. like she runs everything yeah <laughs> uh the like the side character sorry uh here 
But there's Reiko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's kind of not really that much of a side character, but she's the first kind of non common rider related character that we like meet really. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. How do we describe her? Yeah, like she's, I don't know. <laughs> um, she's kind of just like, a, she's kind of just a journalist. Like, I don't know how to, she's yeah. a little bit like, she's a little bit of a hard ass, but not like anything insane. Mm-hmm. She's very competent. Yes. She's That's good. opinionated, kind of feisty. Like, she doesn't really mm-hmm. take anybody's shit. Like, you know, she's all about getting her business taken care of. She's very serious about what she does. And she, it kind of seems like maybe that whole operation is on her back. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. There's a reason she's as, like, like, bossy as she is. Because she's literally doing everything around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we constantly see her like zooming around, like going right where she's supposed to, making like great deductions, just like, kind of like the perfect kind of modern journalist woman lady. She's like, I got a little car. She's investigating. <laughs> the head of the website is uh, not named yet, but his name is Akubo. I'm probably just going to call him the chief. The chief editor. Yeah. yeah. Editor. Editor. <laughs> That's how he is in my notes, just editor, yeah. He's kind of like a dude, you know? He's kind of a bro. Yeah. Um, he lets Shinji be their journalist in trading because he's like, he's my Kohei. He's this cute little guy I got to take care of. Mm. <laughs> Straight, though. Sure. And then, of course, <laughs> um, the systems engineer and website designer is Nanako. Um we don't get her name yet, um, but in one year's time, she will be smart lady. Whoa. Okay. I didn't realize that, and I was just about to say, she's probably one of my favorite characters so far, just because I like how like straight she plays that character. Yeah, she's just comic relief here. She's fucking hilarious in all the weirdest ways. Mm-hmm. And just her whole, like, when she's, like, asking Shinji, hey, Hey, you know if you're being fired soon? Because I have to update the website. I have to update the website. <laughs> I don't want to do it twice. It's the best. Yeah, that's exactly why I like her so much. Because she just says shit like that just without blinking. It and, is like, amazing. The, the, fucking, the fucking chief's like looking at the website. He's like, how come like my picture is still from like the New Year's party? And then you're like, oh, okay, like how bad could it be? And then like later on, you see the like the full resolution picture. And it's him with his shirt off. And he's just wearing like a tie around his neck with a giant fucking mug of beer in his hand. And she's like using that, Photoshop to put a fucking suit on him. I was about to say that turns out to be one of the best like background gags of this entire episode is her just struggling through trying to get him photoshopped into some kind of clothes because you can tell <laughs> very clearly those are the only pictures she has of him. Uh, and just yeah, just like a good vibe. It's like oh, like here's like yeah. this like journal. They break news stories. They're like famous people, and they're quirky. But also like <laughs> it does seem like nobody does work besides Rico. Kinda yeah. yeah. Which I I understand why she's so uh, very straightforward now, because if I was the only one doing work in an office, I would be kind of bossy, too, I think. Yeah, no. Um, she could do what she wants, because she, she has things done. Yeah. That place would clearly fall apart without her, is what we're saying. This whole show, though, like, as we see, like, in the very first scene, like, that woman get got, um, we see 
a man and like woman, like they're both, both like young, and like they're responding. We see this guy in a trench coat and like black and like a like sweater. He looks like real warm, honestly. He reacts. He's in silhouette. It's like, oh, like who's this Batman looking guy? I haven't seen him <laughs> yet, but he seems like he might be the main character. Uh, he's not though, because we actually at the journal see that the like chief is calling to get Shinji their journalist in training to get on the scene and help Reiko. And it turns out that Shinji's in the middle of an accident. <laughs> Except not really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> what explain it? Yeah, this scene made me crack up also. So like, it's, it's so goofy, right? Because like you think he's, he's been in an accident, but he's just like, yelling at the fucking truck driver who got in an accident with someone else because he thought he was gonna like fucking uh he was like uh he didn't check behind him or not and that's why the accident happened and the guy that actually got hit has not said a word the entire <laughs> he's just sitting exchange. there chain smoke <laughs> <laughs> he's leaned against the truck that hit him chain smoking and like that's where we meet shinji he's like so sure of what's right and wrong and he's almost like a like gothic italian like weird like virginal protagonist dude he's just like he knows right and wrong he thinks but he's also has never known evil like and like he's just so sure of what is correct felt like having ever been tested so he's just it's like this big soft-headed baby kid he also has the same haircut as uh thighs so yeah, that he, threw me off he's for like a he's proto Takumi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, let's describe what he looks and sounds like though, because he's a loud guy. You ever seen Takumi? <laughs> That's yeah. what he looks like. But a little bit taller, I think. He's like much more innocent looking and like he's always yelling and he kind of looks stupid and he's always pouting. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of looks like a puppy where Takumi always had kind of like a little bit of a battle-hardened look about him. Yeah, he's, he looks a little bit angrier. Like a wolf? Yeah, yeah. With this guy, he just he looks like he's not ever really known a hard time in his life. They both serve dog, puppy, wolf different ways. Because like Shinji, yeah. like in his stupid puffy blue jacket, his long hair <laughs> and his yelling. And he's actually our main character Um, because part of that 9-11 like showing people like good and bad is they kind of you could tell like they wanted the protagonist that didn't know anything yet had to Mm -hmm. run into moral nuance and is kind of dumb it's very dumb they're on um, he's not like shown to be cool for a while Mm -hmm. it's a minute till he's cool and like he leaves the crime scene by like running through to get to his bike, then riding his bike through where the cops take you know, so just like it drops him twice. Yeah. Shinji is our main viewpoint. And I want to show you all his American version, which is this guy, Kit Taylor. Oh, come on. Kit looks 30. Yeah, he uh He's not serving the same energy that uh our our counterpart here does he's he's not baby-faced he's not innocent there's nothing nothing similar in that vein the actor was in a bunch of stuff at this time like he was in teen wolf he was in like a bunch of like disney like and like zoe 101 that kind of stuff so he was like Mm -hmm. a teen actor um 
he's an all right follow on Twitter because he's always like seems to have an indie film that's going to be out in three months and is starting to fund his next <laughs> one. Um, you know, but um, just like Kit's leaving the foster system because he's 18 and he's like, what happened to my dad? That's Kit, really. That's all I really know about him. But so back to Ryuki, which worth noting that Ryuki literally means Dragon Knight. So like the name isn't even that creative when they like bring it over. <laughs> That's just Japan. Like, like seriously, the, the second you start learning Japanese, you realize this very quickly that things are just literally named what they are. I mean, fuck, it's common rider. He's a guy who has a mask who rides bikes. Mm-hmm. Like it like can't get more on the nose than that, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. But like it's just like um the cultural difference of being, oh like Comrade Yuki, what a badass name, and being Comrade Dragon Knight. That's so descriptive. And you're like, oh actually, that is just the name <laughs> that's, just, that's just the same name, basically. Oh, and um he is voiced by in the Japanese dub, um Tatsuhisa Suzuki, um, who you might better know as the voice of Noxus from Final Fantasy 15. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, not a nobody. Um, and yeah, so, like, the dub gets a lot of weird pulls like that. And, like, you all be thinking, oh, that's really weird as we go forward. But, um, so, like, the whole thing with, like, Shinji, though, is that he's trying to help with this, like, missing person thing, but he's too junior. So he's just sent to like go to Reiko and he starts yelling when he gets there. <laughs> just immediately too. Is this where the crime took place? Reiko, who got murdered? Where's the body? <laughs> and she has to tell him, what did I tell you about like yelling on site, which is such a good, this is a baby boy kid mm-hmm. moment. Like I have to tell you again. And I love how the police hate her. <laughs> Well, she did write a whole headline saying that the police should be handcuffed. It's established before, yeah, why? (laughs) She literally does say, like, uh, the police are useless. (laughs) She's not innocent. (laughs) She's also not wrong, but... Yeah, I'm not 100%. I'm not taking the police aside on this, but I do see why they might be a bit peeved when they see her hanging around a crime scene. (laughs) Yeah, real Lois Lane vibes for a minute. Um, Yeah. So, like, as they're leaving the site, though, um, they pass by Yui and Ren. And, like, he and, like, Shinji have, like, force tingles as they pass by. They're like, are we fated to, like, be something? Make out. Yeah. So, Steph, you hit today's Daily Double. Yes, these guys are (laughs) shipped out the ass. No kidding. (laughs) I caught that the very first episode. I I looked at the two of them and I was like, oh, here we go. It's... uh, Takumi and Kiba all over again. Right here. I see it. I see the energy. They're not Kamarider's first major gay ship, but they're definitely like the trope namer, like the one that kind of catapult people to think about it more, like just being like, oh my god, these guys. <laughs> I get it. But so, um, Rico like lays out the vanishing. It's basically, oh, there's no clear way in or out. And it's like, oh no, um, what happened? And Shinji's like, I'm gonna grab the guy who did this. And the boss is like, you're stupid. We aren't cops. He's like, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and then he goes to this like house nearby, gets let in by the landlord, and let's like, what is this 
apartment look like that he enters? It's like something out of X-Files. Yeah. Honestly, like, uh, we see that, uh, so the first thing you notice really is that the windows are covered with newspaper. Everything they do kind is of covered. A sl- uh, yeah, then they do the slow pan around the apartment and you see that everything is covered in newspaper because it, you know, when you just look at the window, maybe that's not all that weird. Maybe somebody really just, you know, broke their blinds and couldn't afford a new set yet or something. It's when it does the pan around the apartment and you see that, like, almost every surface is covered with it. You're like, oh, this guy was crazy. The only reflective surface that isn't covered is there's a spot where it looks like a hole was blown out of the newspaper mm-hmm. at, at, like, the window, I think, or, like, at, like, the door. It being blown out of the newspaper makes it look so much more ominous. Mm-hmm. There's something very chilling about that. Yeah, it's it's weird because you look at it bef- like he he looks at the window. I think it's a, it's not the paper. It's like blinds or something like, you know, those old like um those like metal uh, shutter blinds that you could get. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. like that. But it's like all it's like blown out like something went through it from the inside to the outside. But the glass is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is just like great use of the mirror world concept. Just being like, what's going on? Like, how did this happen? Why is, are some things affected? Some things not. Um, and he has no idea because he doesn't like know what's going on. And um, he accidentally kicks the like um, blank advent deck on the floor, picks it up, and goes outside. It's a, like attacked by the dragon that tries to eat him but re- reflects it using the seal card and breaks all the glass and Rico has to get him <laughs> and be like <laughs> we'll pay for it and he's just like oh yeah I'm sorry just what a boy this guy is she's also been marked though by the spider she has like the like thread around her neck um, and like it's hunting her well he after he like after he kicks the the advent deck he starts to like get fucking tinnitus mm-hmm. vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause there's like a special sound that shows when like mirror world stuff is like happening that like only Yui and the writers can hear. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like people like be hunted and like have stuff happening and not know. And so then um Reiko tries to leave his starter car, but it's wrapped in spider webs in the mirror world, so it won't start. And then we see Ren and Yui, and they're like, oh, it's a spider, because they're going to go like, hunt it. But then Yui sees Shinji with the blank deck, and is like, is he a rider? Can he see the monsters? And like, she goes to him, asks if he's a common rider, and then he gets thrown between dimensions by the card deck. And this scene, let's talk about the mirror world. What were y'all's first impression of it? I kind of didn't see it coming, to be honest. I Like, because it had like such a like weird horror theme, I didn't expect them to just be like, "Oh, we're going into another fucking dimension." Mm-hmm. But they use like, yeah, I had the exact same thought. The, I I will say for this first five episodes, the use of like reflections and mirrors and like kind of the creative camera work they do to make, um, the the like mirror world different from, uh the regular world is is like really impressive like there's a couple shots where like characters will like walk by a thing and then there's something in the background and it's like very clear that in the other shot it's not in the background it's only in that mirror thing so like i'm wondering 
oh, they use CG, they capture that in camera. Like, how did that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, um, it just looks great. Like, there's like tons of scenes of like people running by in the reflection of a car. Mm-hmm. And they're not in the real world, but just mm-hmm. it looks great every time. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy that. So we get to the like other outside of like the site Thomas Super like arena. Um and like all the signs are reversed and there's all this stuff and she's like, oh no, what's going on? And he sees that he's in this Rider outfit, but he doesn't know what's going on, and he doesn't have a contract. So he's in one of my favorite things, um, like like whenever they like show up, like the incomplete or like the pre-main or like the weaker form Mm because he has no color he has no like theme yet he's just gray and yeah um he um is being watched by yui and so that's when ren transforms to come in um and like while he's transforming to come in shiji's like getting thrown through billboards and like signs and falling down there's like this like great moment where he falls down every letter of like a building sign oh that that <laughs> i love see, that. that scene is amazing i was like holy shit that looks great just he's like not sure what's going on and that's when red shows up as come writer night um now <laughs> he's cool he's got um his shades um he like does attention and he rides between dimensions on um the lamest common rider bike we've ever seen. Oh my god, I hate the bike so much. <laughs> if I had one major complaint, that's it. It's I kind of love it. I I kind of love it too. <laughs> it it's like I don't know oh, why no. it looks like that, but I kind of love it. It's it for me, it's that it lifts them out of the seat. Yeah, the hydraulic seat is weird. It reminds me too much of those recliners that old people have. Yeah, and I cannot. Like every time I see it, it, it makes me just be like, uh, does he need help getting out of his seat? How's he gonna fight a monster? It's kind of like the Tron cycle, but if it was like made for like people that were like Segway enthusiasts or something. I was about to say, like, <laughs> if it was ten times less cool. Or like uh I know there was like a South Park episode where they had like a special like orb vehicle or something. Uh, but no, um, it's called um the Ride Shooter, <laughs> and like it's like glass and gray, and they socket in because basically on all the riders they have sockets where all of their like power ups can go, or they can fit in the seat belts for the Ride Shooter, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of dumb, but also. Uh, it's their like main design kind of like through line for them. Uh, besides their belt, the the name Ride Shooter sounds like a sex position. You know, I, yeah. I just Ride Shooter. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> ride Shooter, also known as Inverse Cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a level four difficulty, so make sure you stretch first. Do you have like Peloton for sex? stuff do you have like a special like no but you just gave me a million dollar idea i did yeah <laughs> uh but no uh so uh let's talk about ren really quick um he is kind of like more of your anti-hero like type he is mm-hmm. darker he is brooding her no sister to fuck though no sister to fuck um <laughs> that we know of so far 
personally, I don't think he's straight enough to fuck his sister. Well, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, there's maybe the mystery that comes up in a later episode about stuff. (laughs) He might be a sister fucker yet. (laughs) He might be a sister fucker yet. That's like we like take the first letter in each word. We have that be our slogan. It's like, oh, there you go. H.M. S.F. Why? That's going to be our next T-shirt. He might be a sister fucker yet. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think of his character, like, to start here? Just, like, he, like, he, because I guess, like, we don't really know what the status quo is. It's He's a little bit hard to read because at some point uh, in, I think it's in the second episode, like we're kind of at the end of the first episode. So that, like at the start of the second episode, he's kind of like, oh, now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, uh, okay, wh- why? I don't, because we don't really know what the situation is with, you know, the evil monsters and the other world and what the fuck's going on. Like, we're, I mean, we are the same as, Shinji essentially, right? Like we don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. If Shinji looks like Takumi, he acts like Takumi. Kind of. <laughs> he he does. He has that uh that vibe of the uh the writers that we see every once in a while that just take themselves way too fucking seriously. He's jaded. He like does not have the faith in the world that Shinji does, you know? Yeah. And if if this is like most series, there is going to be at some point he really like gets an opportunity to be silly. I'm hoping we get that from him. What do you all think his what would you expect from his adaptation in Comrade Dragon Knight? Uh, he's got to just be the most like generic fucking dude ever. Like, I I feel like that's kind of just how those characters are. Yeah. Well, he's Len instead of Ren. Oh, oh my god, he looks like a guy out of a fucking nineteen eighties porno. So he's played by Matt Mullins. Um, who so worth noting, Comrade Dragonite has the four kids quality. However, it won a daytime Emmy for action choreography. Yeah, but the action choreography it stole from the Japanese version. <laughs> No, it does Garo shit. It adds a bunch of most of the cover writers are stunt actors and they do like elaborate like out of suit fight scenes before they fight. Oh, really? Fucking rad. So like Lens actor Matt Mullins is um like the like stunt double for Hayden Christensen in Star Wars. He like oh, does shit, like really? most of Marvel TV. Like he's like the stunt coordinator. He's like the face, like he's the original model for Chris Redfield. Oh shit. So they so the what you're saying is they let him fucking cook on this show and yeah. it's actually good. He's like a five-time kickboxing champion and he's been in a bunch of movies or oh, like shit. but like he's actually mainstream like a stunt coordinator and like stunt actor in like all of Marvel and like Star Wars stuff basically. Uh so yeah, like they let him cook in the show. That's pretty awesome actually. Good. When stunt people get to do the stunts, it actually probably looks good. It does. Um, I haven't watched a ton of Dragon Knight, but he's like doing some like the modern day version of, of like the like nineties Power Rangers fight, like where he's just like fighting dudes. And yeah, um, he um he was probably why they got that 
one Emmy they got for the show. Huh. <laughs> he's like uh played Johnny Cage in like a YouTube series for Mortal Kombat. Like he's like that kind of guy. Oh. He has that kind of look. I could see that. He looks like a Johnny Cage. So um Len is so okay. He got married to Dragon Knight, they have to add a villain because they can't have people like fighting to the death. So he's from the mirror world that has been taken over by the bad guy Xaviax. And he's like conflicted and dark. But like he's trying to to fight the fight. Let's ride. Uh so he's kind of dark, but not quite as dark as Ren, but a little brooding. Um worth noting, people ship the hell out of Kit and Len. <laughs> um and basically it, <laughs> It seems like shipping and action choreography are the two greatest successes of that show. Okay. And that is Xaviax, the villain. He has a monster form. He took over the mirror world. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. that's really it. <laughs> um, that is maybe the least threatening man I've seen in a while. He looks like a pedophile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and Worth noting that in Cover Rider, it's like, oh no, you killed that guy. In Cover Rider Dragonite, it's like, oh no, you vented that guy, which is just their shadow realm. Oh, okay. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. Because uh, the mirror world's called Ventara, because they keep a lot of the like sound effects that are clear English. <laughs> Wait, do they actually say you vented that guy? Oh no, like you vented him. Yeah. Oh my God. That's awful. <laughs> it's kind of good though you're like imagine cringy dialogue and good stunt work that's a full meal um so yeah um that's ren and len but let's get back to the show because um ren is cool as hell he's got his like cards he pulls out a lance because his like card reader is like a sword hey like fencing sword but he like calls his sword card to get a lance he's fighting the spider guy and Shinji wants to help. He's like, I got cards too. And he summons his sword and it comes down. He's like, well, it's food in the sky. Why'd it come over there? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then what happens when Shinji tries to help stuff? Oh, boy. Well, I, I do admire like when he does go over to his sword, there's this like sword in the stone moment for just a second. He picks it up and it like it looks like it's going to be a really cool shot. He like holds it up. And he goes rushing at this monster, and that sword breaks in half. First hit. Mm-hmm. Just even the sword doesn't believe in him at this point. And the monster launches him, and then like Ren just kind of like deflects him into a wall. Just like sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Ren does cool comrade stuff. He does a rider kick, and he spins around, uh, and does a drill. So we know that he's all together, and he beats the monster. And uh, the first episode ends, though, um, with they get attacked by the dragon and they're in an explosion as they're running away. It's like, ah. And episode um, two comes right back from there. Um, And episode two is called Giant Spider Counterattack. Very inventive name. Mm. Um, You know. (laughs) So um, it picks up right where they left off, where the two writers um, are like out of time now they're starting to disintegrate and they need to leave um and Ren tells Shinji 
and then leaves. And then Shinji tries to follow him and breaks the glass. Uh, and then he has to go back to the glass he left by. Back the way he came, yeah. Which is an interesting concept. Like, you have to remember mm-hmm. where you got in. So if you get pulled too far away from where you came in, you might be in trouble if you don't get back in time. And also, like, it could get destroyed, right. too. And then you have no way out. And then he leaves, but he he passes out. And Yui and Ren have him wake up somewhere later. And he's in a weird room at the top of a cafe. And that's when he kind of beats Yui, um, who asks him how he got the belt and if he knows Shiro, Kanzaki Shiro. And then that's when he's kind of just like, okay, what's going on here? And she explains, hey, there's like some mirror monsters. And um, he puts together there that Ren is knight. And he's kind of like, um, okay. And then Ren's like, you should stop. You're not part of this right now. You can leave. Which honestly, uh, good on him. Yeah. I would have taken him up on it. I don't understand. Oh, um, of course I know. The voice actor um, for Len in the Kamen Rider Dragon Knight dub is Ren. <laughs> so he just voices him. Oh. Also, fun fact about Ren, we've already met him. Yes. Uh, he is the crab orphanoc mm-hmm. uh, from Fies. Uh, he was the one that was being experimented on and tried to save Yuka. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. The, he did the voice for that orphanog. As the dub actor for Len in Dragon Knight being brought back over to Japan, he tried this. Okay, so when the Comrades transform in Comrade Dragon Knight, they don't say transform or henshin or it's morphin time. They just say Common Rider. Lame. Yeah, that's pretty lame. <laughs> And he tried to be like, let's just say Henshin. And then they're like, no. <laughs> no, let's let's not. No, we like being lame. Yeah, be Len. <laughs> be lame. <laughs> and I think like at here, it's like, okay, you're actually not part of this big like plot line. Leave, Shinji. Here's this card so you won't get eaten. Don't be part of this. Uh but Shinji's kind of too much of a little kid, not twenty part of this though. And then he like says this like thing like, oh, you're compromised and you fight monsters. And Yui says half right. And then like he leaves and he like sees a plaque on the outside of the like cafe. He's like, wait, Kanzaki, that's her last name. That must be her family. It must be her brother. Um, and yeah, a uh, quick sidebar on Yui's character in Dragon Knight. The v- not really the same because like Kit has the whole like dad missing like plot line. So. She's just an investigative journalist, Maya. Uh, she's just kind of half Reiko, half Yui. Like, she's like on social media trying to be like, can I find out the paranormal stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but the f- interesting part about her is she is voiced by uh, Mari's actor. So she is voiced by Mari huh. from Gomorrah Fies. Oh, good for her. Yuri Hagia. So weird voice cast. Like, here's Noxus. And here's Mari and here's Ren voicing the like leads of the show. Hmm. But yeah, so um, at this point, um, it's mostly hijinks at the uh, journal. And then uh, we see a um, shopping mall mirror as a mom is taken by the spider that has regenerated. It's just kind of like set up to being Shinji being like, should I leave this alone or should I try and get this power to help people? 
And um, what do you think of his whole like plot line here of trying to decide like whether he should he, be nervous or he really just goes like ah fuck it <laughs> like, like he doesn't have much of a a like you know figured it out for himself. He's just like ah screw it, I'll just be a common writer. Why not? It's like all right, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that kind of fits in, though, if you think about the uh, top of the episode where he's literally involved himself in a situation that had nothing to do with him. Like, this is kind of his personality. He sees something that is absolutely none of his business, and he jumps right in the middle of it. So, yeah, of course he wants to be a common writer. And it's also, like, as a kid, you ever be, like, get told by an adult, like, oh, you could break your leg. And then you actually do it, you're like, this is much more serious than they expressed to me. Kind of like people are telling him the consequences of his actions. He's like, I don't think he understands until they happen. Does that make sense? It it does though, it, and you kind of start to see that like later on when it starts to get serious, what he's involved himself in. You can see those moments of him being like, "Man, and I had every opportunity to back away from this." He tries to like tell Rico not to go, but she's like, "I'm a journalist. I got to be in danger." That's sometimes part of it. Like, I can't just not do this. Like, why do you want to be a journalist if you can't, like, take that risk? Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, the chief is like, well, the one thing that she actually liked about you is that you, like, ran headlong into things. Usually the wrong way, but, you know. Yeah. And that's where he, like, sees, like, the on the description list is Shiro. And he's like, oh, like, Yui's missing. I should uh, go help. And then this is where, like, he, like, confronts Ren and there's all this like dragon conversation and then um, Ren goes to the roof to fight and Shinji actually does see this like crying girl and does meet Yui and they talk about like what she can do and like what he can do and he decides I'm going to tear up this like seal I'm not safe anymore and um, I like when a character is like sorry but I've got to stick my nose and stuff and like Mm -hmm. just says hey I'm going to get involved in this and um, David, what do you think about him like forming his contract and becoming a real common writer here? Um, I think like it's the, the concept for this show is kind of like interesting. It it's almost it's like vaguely not. It's not like it's not like Garo, but like I feel like it kind of like is in that realm of like there's like demons and you make contracts with them and they give you powers and like he's like making contracts with the the dragon i do love and i know that this is kind of a spoiler but there's other common writer down the thing i think this one is kind of famous for having like just a shitload of common writer um i think it's interesting that like when he transforms from that base mode like when he makes the pact with the dragon his all of his stuff gets like a a dragon motif like it looks cool and then you look at night Mm -hmm. and you're like okay his is a bat and he's very like he he looks like Batman essentially. It's like I think it's it's neat. Yeah. They all have like a base form, and then depending on what they form a contract with, determines kind of you know what uh, what their final like form looks like. And like I like the whole like his undersuit getting red, red and all yeah. this stuff, and he's just like, yeah, I'm here. And like we don't really get so we watched the first five episodes, which means we get like the two episode intro we get like a two episode kind of like coming to terms of red then we get half of the next arc which introduces our first other writer kind of but we didn't really we don't really get 
all the way the world established mm-hmm. what is the lesson of each writer what is like because like this show is very much a different kind of person different kind of lesson with each like new writer we get and so we haven't really got there but yeah you're right that um this is where things get complicated with the show is how people come into it and yeah um shinji goes to fight and he wants to fight and he's like i got a cool sword now because like knight got trapped in some <laughs> some painted silver rope <laughs> it might have just been wire honestly yeah i i, I don't know I I do love his his fucking rider kick. Like his rider kick is stylish mm-hmm. as shit. When he jumps in the air, the fucking dragon coils around him. He fucking lights on fire with the dragon falling behind his kick. Oh, uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. Two very iconic kicks here. Honestly, with these two. And like he kills this like spider guy. He's like, yeah. As they're fighting, like I think like we see that like Yui has to go down to the bottom of the plaza to see where they're fighting. And like look in the glass at them. I do love that. Like immediately after Ren gets saved by Shinji, he's like, "Okay, now I'm gonna kill you." It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I don't want to say what I know. But what do you guys know about the writers in the show? What they need to do? What they do? I guess. Uh, I know like vague plot points only through osmosis, but I like again. Coming okay. into the show, I didn't realize that it had like this like mystery mirror world, um, like a, a urban legend, like aesthetic shit. So I, I, I'm kind of questioning how much do I actually know about what's going on? The fun thing about next time is we get the other half of this two parter that we started here. And then we get all four parts of a four episode show just kind of expanding the lore. Cool. So we actually get the perfect kind of uh, first two episodes um but yeah um so i just love how immediately just, i should kill you you're right just it's great um and we don't really know what's going on with the writers yet um and we start episode three a uh, school ghost story with ren just using shadow clones to beat up shinji more oh it's it's such a cool like just demonstration of like how different their powers are yeah, because like a lot of like most of the writers have like a couple. I have like a sword or something, and then it's like, oh, like I have like a weird ability, you know? Right. I I do love though, like the special effect is like it now, like it looks goofy, like you could do something like a million times better. But I think it's like actually really neat when he goes to like hit one of the the like after images, they like turn flat. And I think that's just because they're like using, you know, they're using the footage of Kamen uh, Rider Knight and then just like flipping it to the other side so they can move it around. But it, the the fact that they're in like the mirror world and like reflections and stuff like it, it like in a weird way, it kind of fits the theming and it looks kind of neat. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Like there's so much just good design in the show. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, While they're fighting like. Shinji gets like disarmed by this like sword move and he's like I shouldn't get disarmed by that again I should learn from that later but then also the fight gets stopped because Yui's like I guess I'll just break some glass in the real world so you guys see me yelling at you <laughs> she, she looks like an absolute <laughs> psychopath like she's just yelling at a at a window going Ren stop Ren and people are walking by on the street looking at her like what the fuck 
Yeah. I I like that they made people react to her in that situation because it would have been so just uh, like fever dreamish if they had just kept walking without like even acknowledging that she was doing. This. But she looks like an absolute psychopath. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like when they get out like and the police are there like she's like uh I saw a bug. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this sets up that like Ren pays for the like window is like three hundred thousand yen, which is like it's like three hundred bucks. Yeah, three hundred bucks, like thirty thousand yen. Um, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, um, I just these guys look like such dumb kids. Uh huh. It doesn't help how two thousands like they all look like. Yui kind of looks like short hair, like gigantic eyes. Like her mom was like. Shelly Duvall or something, just like this, like, <laughs> and just like, oh, these super kids. I guess we'll just have to pay us three hundred dollars and let them go. Uh, and so, um, when Shinji gets back to the journal, he gets yelled at for not going to investigate. He's like, I-, I was just my own way, and they're all like looking at him, like, are you sure? But like the main like urban legend part of this is that there's kids at school that are being hunted by gazelle like monsters. That's what they were. I couldn't think of what the hell. Yeah. They were. I'm like, are they goats? Like, what are they? Like, uh, the mirror monsters have this weird design. It's almost like um, half Digimon, almost, but they're like more elongated and like more human, but less like human, like less anthropomorphized. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but they kind of like look like weird Yu-Gi-Oh monsters too. Yes, that they do but i'm here for it i love the kids at school because they're like hanging out like doing some work or coloring or whatever and then like one girl's like oh it's dark we should go home and then one girl's like did you know they executed people here like no we didn't you're eight you little asshole (laughs) and then they're like oh what are you scared you just told me they used to execute people here of course i'm fucking scared right in your seat what your seat was the one that cut everyone's heads off in heads off yeah Kids are assholes. <laughs> and like, I noted that the school looked like the Chaitrod school from the first episode. That's probably just Japanese school, but it just looked very striking. Every school in Japan looks so similar. Yeah. And their teacher tells them to go home, but then he's going home. He's like, I got a potted plant. And I'm going home. I hope I don't get killed by a gazelle. And he does, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, but don't get murdered in the street. <laughs> yeah. Shoot Not not <laughs> only does he get murdered, he gets murdered in like one of the weirdest, like most brutal ways. Because like it, the like gazelle monster like jumps down on like a fucking like string or whatever into the street, picks him up like by the throat with a fucking tong, and like yeah, or like a tine or whatever, like a two pronged fork, like puts his head between the tines and then like zoops him up into the fucking mirror world. And like while this is happening, like Shinji's getting like sees in the mirror world of uh, this weird guy being like Tatakai, you have to fight, fight and survive. He's like, what? <laughs> Man, I'm tripping out. <laughs> And then he sees Ren buy the guy's stuff who got got. He's like, did Ren do this? And like, this starts like Shinji starting to like assume stuff. The arc. <laughs> yeah, it gives him and Ren nice of lots of nice uh, 
tension moments between them. And the next day, he goes to the cafe to talk to Yui. And um, what do you think of like Yui's whole backstory? We get explained here, Steph. I thought it was interesting, but I kind of wish there was like more to it because it it seemed like she talked a while but didn't really give a whole lot of information. You know, everything is just kind of like vague, like she lost her brother, but she doesn't really give the circumstances. Like There isn't a whole lot of context to any of it. When she was young, she lost her parents to parents' disease. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then her brother was a couple years older. They got separated. For some reason. They don't say why. Yeah, yeah. Like, th- that's what I mean. Like, she talks for a while, but there's still so much missing. Like, when you think back on what she said. Well, she also just casually mentions, like, oh, yeah, my brother made the cards to go fight the monsters. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. And then, like, nobody follows up and on And they're that. just like, oh, word? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> they're telling him he's a great artist. Like, like, what the fuck, man? That seems important. It seems like he would have some information. You might have some through him that would help out here. There's definitely a lot of stuff in this show that it, like, slides past that would be multi-episode arcs in, like, Fies, for example. Of, like, yeah. The reveal of your father made the decks, you know? Right, because, yeah, I mean, like, in Fies, you find out that, like, their, whatever, their adopted orphanoc dad was the one who made the belts or whatever, right? Because before that, you just assume they're made by Smart Brain or whatever. So mm-hmm. when she just comes out in, like, episode two, it's like, oh, by the way, my dead, maybe dead brother who you saw in a random uh, fucking store window made the magical belt that got your dragon powers. Oh, cool. And, then, like, that's it. Yeah, sorry for not telling you that when I first realized you'd picked up one of those decks that's going to doom you for having to battle monsters for the rest of your life. And, like, I do like how Shinji's kind of like, don't assume the worst. Maybe he made the decks to protect people. She's like, there's a proof of that. He says, well, I'll become that proof. And it's like, what I wrote was, Shinji's got his shit out of order, but he's on the pot. Uh, Which is kind of where he's at. And just, yeah, like, Yui's background, like, later they explained some other stuff. Like, she saw monsters when she was a kid, but only her brother believed her. So maybe she's, like, mirror sensitive. Yeah, I was gonna say she's got mirror image sense. She's secretly the villain. Maybe. I mean, if so, called it. <laughs> the weird thing about me with the show is this is the first time I've watched a writer show for the show that I've seen recently. I saw, like, Ryuki the first time, like, a two maybe three years ago so this is like recent memory so it's kind of a different like way to experience it um but ren sees the monsters coming to the school as they backflip up buildings there's three of them shinzi also hears the monster runs the school and he goes to save the mean girl who's throwing some trash as the mirrors shatter around her it's it's a cool scene, right? Like she's like she's it like throwing yeah. she's like throwing the garbage away, but she's, you know, walking down the thing and like you you can see it kind of like stalking her and then when she gets to the to throw it away, like all the like small shrubs on the ground like explode and stuff mm-hmm. and like it pops out of the fucking mirror to go grab her. It's really good. And she just screams because she can't see it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And how scary would that be? Like, you see things being affected by something you can't even see. Ugh. He goes to fight this, like, 
Kazel and he like is like tries this new card and it's a strike fit and he gets this cool dragon head gauntlet. He's like, this is cool as hell. I just blew that guy up with a fireball. <laughs> this is dope. And like in the fight, he like gets disarmed like he did versus Ren, but he like has a count his time. His counter is jumping in the air and bringing his sword down. He's learned. Uh, and then he like sees Ren and Darkwing next to this girl inside the building. And he's like, what are you doing? You sent your monster to kill these kids? Because he just loves to show up places and know everything. I was about to say, that was such a wild jump to make, too. Just because he very clearly sees Darkwing not attacking this girl. So I don't I don't get it. Every time I hear the name Darkwing, too, I just think about like Darkwing Duck. Yes, and I've had that theme song in my head. (laughs) But so like episode four, School Ghost Story 2, which... I love how it's two and not part two and the part one, but um, it's like, oh, Ren just is like, I don't have to explain shit to you. And like, he's right. And like, Yui leaves a cab to join their fight <laughs> at the start. It's very <laughs> funny. Uh, and like, um, he like learns stuff throughout the episode that is like, oh man, I prejudge Ren wrong, but then he keeps doing it. Like, he's like, oh, this monster is in groups. He's like, oh, I feel kind of bad. I I still think you did it, but I feel kind of bad. Um, and then like Reiko shows up, and she's like, she sees Shinzi there, but then he doesn't know what she's talking about. So she like goes to talk to the girls. Um, and like is like, I guess these girls just got scared. I don't care about urban legends; their teachers missing. Um, Shinji <laughs> gets behind Ren <laughs> and Steph. What does he do? Calls him Ron. Oh, God, that's so funny. He's just yelling like a goose. Just like, Ron, 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 Ron. Ron, Ron. Ron. I laughed my ass off. My girlfriend's like, why is is he calling him Ron? I'm like, because he's dumb and doesn't remember his name. (laughs) That's why it was so funny. My note was MFR calls him Ron. And it's like the way that Ren stops her, like, stop making nuisance. And then like... When she tries to ask a question, she's like, you're a paper boy with too much time in your hands. Why should I tell you anything? She's like, I'm a journalist in training. You should tell me. And there's like these close up of his face. He's got stupid. And he's like pouting. And then um, explain the phone call that we next get that like ends this like scene, David. So <laughs> after he after he calls him Ron and rides up on the bicycle or on the bicycle, it's not on a bicycle, he's on a bike. Um. He, he, uh, why is my brain not working? He gets a phone call. Yes. So he, he gets a phone call from his, like, uh, his, his landlord. And he, he, like, he mentions before that he has money trouble. So he gets a call from his landlord. He's like, oh, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he can't hear it. <laughs> and then it cuts to the, uh, like later on, it cuts to the office, and he's bringing all his shit from his house into the office because he got evicted. What kind of stuff does he have? I, you know, <laughs> dude, I don't know what the fuck that thing is on his like chest. If it's like a backpack, like it looks like a backpack speaker system. Like, yeah. what is that? And like his baseball bats and shit. He's got baseball bats. He's like bringing in like his clothes, and I love that. Like. 
uh, Reiko like kind of dresses him down. She's like, you can't treat this, uh, you know, this office like a friend's house. He's like, we're adults here. This is where we work. It's it's not like a storage locker. You can't bring them. And then the, <laughs> the editor guy like looks at his like drawer and he's got like fucking like underpants and stuff in it and all this other shit. And then immediately after getting dressed down by Reiko, <laughs> the fucking uh, what's her name? Uh, Nanako. Nanako walks in with a full size aquarium with a fucking lizard in it. And she goes, this will be your new home now. I'm going to put you in the kitchenette. <laughs> and then just walks out. And they're like, uh. Doesn't give a fuck. Like I said, she cracks me up every scene she's in. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a shot of all three of them standing in like the middle of the room, just staring at the door. She just left through like, what the fuck just happened? Amazing. <laughs> None of us know how to work websites, so we just kind of have to let it go. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Right. But like, I love how Shinji gets the phone call, tries to answer with his helmet on, can't hear it, has to take it off. Such good, quick storytelling with this guy. And he's on the phone with his like landlord being like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm broke. I don't have the kind of money. And like, no need to use that kind of language. Just like. <laughs> and then um, Ren's following these girls. It's super sketchy, but it's like in 2000, you just follow eight-year-olds around i mean kaido took a kid in the bathroom and said we'll never find us in here so you know he was at least babysitting the kid in the kid's house i mean that's true ren is kind of just like actually literally stalking them Mm -hmm. and like shinji goes to see you like thinking of her brother she's like looking at a framed photo of them while drinking tea (laughs) which is very funny to think of uh but um then she like tries to like tell then he tries to like tell you you can't trust him, and then she's like, "What do you know?" That's so, true. so she's got a solid point, but she really doesn't, to be honest, because like, you know, she 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 asks Shinji, she's like, "Oh, what do you know? Like, why can't you trust him?" And from his point of view, he's like, "Oh, why can't I trust him? He literally tried to kill me the second he got the chance." What do you mean yeah, I can't trust true. him? I think Yui's point is, you can't trust him. I can trust him. Can you? Because you seem pretty distressed that he tried to kill me. But now you're just completely okay with that? It's yeah. It's like, I her, even, even my girlfriend was like, she's like, I hate this character. She's dumb. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. And then like her whole justification is that she's seen him fight hard battles whereas it's like Shinji's weak and then like Ren's just watching from the snow on his bike outside yeah it's weird that odd how is Shinji doing with his living arrangement though Steph (laughs) I mean he actually looks like he's pretty comfortable except for the way he gets woken up in the mornings yeah he's like living under a desk but um (laughs) We get more context on that later, but first he like catches up to Ren because he like wakes up in the middle of the night or something, and then and then like Ren's like, Are you gonna ride me until I talk? And then he's like, <laughs> That sounds good for the fanfic. Let's say that again. Um and then like Shinji will stop following him, so Ren's just like beating him up along this fence, just beating his ass. But then like Shinji fights back and punches him, but also 
pulls his necklace off and sees a bunch of engagement rings or like girls rings, he says, because he's Shinji. <laughs> That's when Ren is like, will that simplistic war system allow you to kill people? Because if you can't do that, then you won't survive this fight. And the burden he carries allows him to do what's necessary. And then I like, I don't think it's, I like Shinji's answer of what his burden is that allows him to fight. What do you all think? What does he say? He's like, I owe you 300 bucks. So until I pay you back, I'm not going to, I'm not going to die. It's like, okay, sure. (laughs) If that's all you got. That didn't work for your landlord, but it works for Red, apparently. Yeah. What do we think of Ren's backstory as we see it? It's kind of super generic, I know, but, you know, he has somebody who's maybe dead or in peril. Oh, no. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't know. So it's like, mm. but. Yeah. Once again, with stuff like this, I'm always afraid to find out that it's his sister. Oh, it's going to be his sister. So How I, much money? Because, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it and you haven't seen it. No. But uh, James has seen it, so he can't really, you know, go in on this one. I'm <laughs> I'm betting money it's his sister. Or his wife. <laughs> his dead wife. Dead wife would be a good guess, too. That would be. Yeah. Maybe a cousin. I don't know. That does, uh, we don't <laughs> see that as often. Oh, I don't know. The, ra- the rare cousin <laughs> fucker. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but we're only first cousins. It's fine. Only fourth cousins, better second cousins. It's pure. <laughs> um, so, you might be a common rider, but I'm a cousin rider. <laughs> <laughs> Both equally valid, I'd say. Quick sidebar: the mid this show has two movies, one post series, more of like a TV special, and one like the normal movie. The normal movie, uh, written by Inoue. <laughs> Always a good sign. So we'll get to always a good sign if you ever want some weird sex vibes. Um, <laughs> and then the post series novel written by Edaway. Oh, awesome! Let's just say um, fans of the genre <laughs> know what I'm talking about. If you ever want to hear the story of how of a sexual experience in the rain in a fucked up way. We'll talk about that novel when we get there. Um, <laughs> what? So, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I have to, I can't not say it. Um, There's a character. Especially not after that. There's a character we meet in one of the movies that isn't important because like the novels aren't really canon. But like in the novel version of this character, she's like, becomes a surrogate mother to Shinji, and then Inoue is like, also, on top of an air conditioner in the raided alleyway, she takes his virginity as he's half unconscious. Oh, that's terrible. And it's just like, oh, good job, Inoue. You do you. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, no. Um, he also did the, like, Fies novels, you know. That's not an excuse. He's not a writer on the main storyline of Ryuki, though, so we don't have to worry about some of that stuff. That's good. He wrote all these movies and novels, and then also fives. Anyway, um, so then um, at that point, though, um, after saying he's going to pay him back his $300, and Ren smiles, says, you're really stupid, and then Shiji smiles. Then they go out, 
um, to help at the school because they sense the monsters. Um, and then Ren explains the monsters are so fast that they can leave our detection range. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just assumed that you killed a lot of people because that was easier <laughs> for me, I guess. I'm dumb. Um, and then they transform to go fight uh, together. Worth noting that um, when Chitty transforms, he poses like the first common Rider. When Ren transforms, he poses like the second one. So they're kind of a throwback to the original okay. show. Neat. And fun fight. Because um, they're both in their own fights. Uh, they like go through the building. Yeah, it's like multi-tiered. I love back when they went to the building. Yeah. And we get like a double rider kick. And they're cool. Actually, this fight is like kind of awesome. They're like falling through floors. They're jumping from mm-hmm. like the ground to the roof. They're jumping off the roof. They're fighting in a stairwell. You know, Shinji like runs through some fucking glass doors. They're just having a brawl. I wonder if they just had like a good bulk rate on like sugar glass of the show. Yeah, maybe because. <laughs> well, I, w- I wonder too. Like they're wearing suits. So they could probably wear something that's a little bit more uh, easy to make. Maybe the like rider suits the, or the monster the, suits? the the glass. Like, I mean, like they could make something a little bit harder like it doesn't have to be like sugar glass or whatever but they could make something a little bit more uh sturdy and easier to make yeah the undersuits in this show are pretty like sturdy they like look like they're yeah. like leather maybe i i do love the there's a there's a point where like shinji remembers oh yeah i have cards i can use those and when like the monster's like grabbing <laughs> him from behind and he like throws him off and then like kicks him in the throat. And it's like a good kick. Like he's really just yeah. pops him right in the throat. Shinji's like bulletproof vest boombox taught him how to fight because he had to like fight people to keep that on, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, he was facing a lot of harassment in the street for that. He was going in the street to fight with his boombox <laughs> on. Um, and they like finish the fight and they go to get some tea from Yui and it's like oh huh it's their new status quo is their understanding and while this is happening well, Reiko's gone through and be like I can connect some missing people because I like to antique and go to this antique store and she just drives her smart car to investigate to a town with a ton of wanted posters and we see a mysterious hand with a mysterious third Avon deck on it mm-hmm. and like a weird crab man yeah. Oh, uh, the monsters. Um, Ryuki's monster is called Drag Runner. Darkwing is uh, the monster for night. And Volcanor is the monster for uh, the guy we meet next time, Comrade Scissors. <laughs> but uh, I was so mad that I didn't get to tell y'all um, the person <laughs> who plays him in Dragon Knight, but Next time, next time. Um, episode five, the Monsters Antique Store. So last episode. Um, and yeah. Um, what does Shiro t- tell Yui in her flashback? He, it's incredible. He's like, um, when the, the like the older version of him, right? He's like, if you go miss, if I go missing, you don't have to worry. Uh, the purpose of my life will always be able to protect you. I'm not a sister fucker, though. Some Hamlet shit. (laughs) 
if I go missing mysteriously, don't worry. Yeah, uh, that was such a ham-handed way to include that dialogue. And they're like, okay, we know, though. You didn't have to. And, like, I do like how um she's telling Shinji this. And he's like, well, maybe it's all right. And then, like, she's wondering, why do the writers have to fight? And then Shinji's like, we'll be a surprise at the end. <laughs> Just such a good Shinji line. And, yeah, um, that's when, like, um they talk about, like, it's worth worrying about. Because Shinji's only going to fight monsters and also going to find her brother. And while they're talking, they, they both have the glassiest eyes and the wettest lips. And it's like, man drama huh mm-hmm. and we see Reiko investigating and she's wearing an eye patch for some reason like I, I they don't ever explain it and I wondered I'm like maybe they just had to film this episode but like they didn't like I don't like they she, she had to be in the episode and they're like well fuck what do we do and she's like oh okay well I'll just film with this thing over my eye when she's in the hospital later, there's this point where um, as Shinji's leaving, he's like, oh, so what happened to your eye? She's like, oh. Oh, it's just a sty. I just have a sty. Sty, yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, that's suspicious as fuck. She's probably one of the monsters and she's trying to hide like an eye that won't transform back the right way or some bullshit. Like, I'm immediately suspicious of anything like that in these shows. I don't think it ever comes back up or ever gets referenced again. <laughs> really? So I got worked up over nothing. I was like, bullshit, I can't wait to see what she's hiding. Maybe the actress like had a style. She was like, if I'm in an episode of TV and I don't look pretty enough, my career will be ruined. Some bullshit, you know? I mean, that's I that's guess. pretty par for the course for Japan. Yeah. You know? Um... But then, like, she goes to the store, asks this passerby about it. She's like, oh, it hasn't been seen for weeks, Mr. Kaga. But the door's unlocked. So she goes in. And there's a lot of mirrors. Then she gets grabbed from behind by this coat thrown over her and smothered, but throws, like, a teapot or some incense into a mirror. And the lady hears and calls for help as a passing police officer comes to get her. But she's punched in the gut unconscious, like, is the way of Japan, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh, um, and then this is where Steph Shinji gets woken up in the office. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I got those mixed up. Uh, but how does he get woken up? Our our favorite IT person is is she like humming or or singing a song? I can't remember which one it was. She's making the cicada sound, but a cicada sound. Yeah, and <laughs> she's like poking him with a rolled up magazine. <laughs> yeah. Just staring right in his face when he finally opens his eyes. That would scare the shit out of you. He like sleeping on the floor with some chairs covering him, just on a sleeping bag, as people are working for a while, it looks like. Yeah. But then like he often gets a call. She's in the hospital. And that's when like Shinji goes while yelling. And she has to be like, Stop yelling, Shinji. And then like there's this officer there. And he's like, Oh, we're investigating, but nothing to do with the busy people. And then that's when Reiko's like, oh, I love the police. <laughs> so funny. Oh, what was it? I've always trusted the police. Yeah. Which is, uh, sometimes you don't have to, sometimes you can show not tell stuff like that. And you're like, yep, I'm just going to lie to this police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shinji's glad there's a monster-free job as he's leaving. But then a crab attacks a woman. So she's like, well, never mind. <laughs> And goes to help. 
Yeah, to me, that just showed how new to this he is, because I just wanted to shake him and be like, oh, no, you're a writer now. Everything that you see has to do with something you're about to fucking fight. That's how this goes. Which must suck, because, like, imagine if, like, every time you were like, man, I'm finally going to get some groceries. I've kind of been eating some, like, bread ends I don't want to eat for the past two days. Oh, no, there's a lizard that's eating children. <laughs> Better take care of that. Yeah. So then, like, he fights this monster, and he's, like, mid-fight when another rider shooter comes up. And what happens, David? So he shows up, and he looks exactly like the the crab thing that he was fighting. He's like, oh, another rider. Like, he's going to help me out. And the guy just immediately attacks him. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. At this point, maybe should you have to put together that you look like your monster? Right, yeah. He's that dumb. And uh, what else happens, David, here? Um, so he ends up, uh, basically, he gets he gets saved by Kamen Rider Knight. Um, and, well, he's he's very confused at first that the guy's name is Kamen Rider Scissors. He's like, Scissors? What? <laughs> but uh, apparently it seems like Ren and Mr. Scissors know each other. Mm-hmm. And then he gets saved by Ren. They leave the mirror world. And Ren just goes, all right, peace. Just rides off into the sunset. Doesn't say a word. Um, And they talk later where Ren's just kind of like, yeah, you're not ready to fight another rider. Like, you're not, like, cut out for that. Mm-hmm. So Scissors mm-hmm. leaves uh, because he's like, hey, like, you're working together. I'm not, I'm not going to risk it. And, like, um, you don't technically see who he is, so... I'll wait till next time to show his dude off, but um, in America. But yeah, so like then Ren and Shinji are both at the antique store and they're kind of like, oh, is it the owner? That's what Ren thinks. And then like that's when he tells Shinji that he like can't fight another rider. And then like Shinji's like, we don't need to fight. And he goes to the store to try and talk to the other rider as Ren calls him a fool. And then like the cop comes by, tells him to leave, but Shinji leaves his card. Ren has his moment. After that, where he's like, only desperate people should be riders that can believe in the dream or whatever. And she's just like, nope, I'm going to be a good person. And then he gets an unknown call that night. And he's like, oh, here's all these personal details about me, Yui. It spills just every bit of information to someone who has not identified themselves in any way, shape, or form. Like, giving him no reason to trust whatsoever. And he's just like, oh, yeah, here's my whole life story and everyone I care about. He's reaching across the aisle, Steph. He doesn't know what he's reaching toward, though. And he's like, has this whole thing where he's like, yep, reason one out. I'm going to meet this guy now. We'll be friends. Yeah, he is an idiot. I agree with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Ren is like just like riding his bike, and he gets Isekai'd because the like concert monster comes out, throws him in front of a truck, lets him get hit by the truck. Uh, he's good though. He's like only like took the Izakai, but like he stayed. Um, and then Shinji's like, I'm gonna hang out under this big box like a dumbass. <laughs> it's so much like something out of an Acme cartoon, <laughs> just like something that uh, the Roadrunner would do to the Coyote or some shit. Oh, you know, if they did this, sh- if they did like. Kamurider Ryuki designs, but they were all contracted to like Looney Tunes. It's like, oh, like the Wily e. Coyote or like the Tweety Bird. That would look kind of good, actually. 
this show would be perfect for that. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just JoJo? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of in a weird way. I always wanted one of those jackets that was like, had like Tasmanian devil on it. And then like on the back said, see the police warn a brother. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm 10. Well, this seems cool. <laughs> ten, 10 year olds aren't known for their fashion taste. Uh, yeah, uh, that was a good fashion moment. Uh, the like really gangster Warner Brothers cartoons yes. jackets. Um, so the box falls onto Shinji, but he escapes in a cool way because they just like show a mirror on the side that he like went through, went out of. Um, and then he's like trying to fight scissors, but he's trying not to fight back. So he like summons a like shield, and scissors like has like a claw or something. Mm-hmm. And is beating his ass. Um, cool claw. It's the, the strike vent. And then what does Ren do during this, uh, Steph? Uh, this is the end of the episode, right? Yeah, the cracked wall. So yeah, he, Ren has gone into the antique shop by this point. Because I think, did we include the part where Ren got into a pretty bad accident on the way to the location there? Uh, Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we see him, his knuckles kind of bloody, he goes into the antique store, but while he's poking around, he notices these cracks in the wall. Ren does get hit by a truck and just have a bloody hand. Yeah, which is weird, because it shows the truck, like, full-on hitting him. He shouldn't have been able to walk after that. And and the truck's gone, so he got hit and run by this massive truck, his bike's fine, his hand's kind of bloody, he's good. He should have at least broken the leg that was on that side, like, realistically. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, no, he's uh, he's not even hurt so badly that he can't bust into a wall in the antique store. And that's where he finds uh, the glasses of his friend um, or the owner of the antique store and then digs a little bit more. And then we see the hand poking out of the concrete and everything. So he has uh, one of those realization moments that this uh, writer isn't who he thought it was the whole time. Yeah. And like. I do like how it was like video game logic, like PS1 logic that like, oh, this wall where they covered it up with a lot of cracks. They painted it over, but they left the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty obvious. Like once you once you took the mirror down, especially. Yeah. Oh, just I'm sure we all have our theories on who Carmine Scissors is. Don't wait. I already know. So don't they show that somewhere? Do they show it? I'm like 100% positive they do show you who it is because I I mean it's obvious but did the, did they like say definitively who it was? No, you I think you literally see him with the the belt and card thing. I think on the next time on they show him but not in the episode. Okay, yeah, okay. In that case then uh I won't say a word. I mean, who would you suspect it is if you didn't know? Steph I don't know. I missed that. So this is going to be a complete surprise to me. Is there any characters you would guess it was, David? Well, I mean, I I, I, I would have guessed the character that it is. So that's as I was watching the episode, I yeah. kind of figured, well, after after Kaga's body shows up in the wall, I'm like, oh, OK, I know exactly who it is. We'll see next time who it is. And we'll also meet um his American counterpart. And let's just say. um. Some of these secondary character actors are all timers in Comrade Dragonite and leave it at that. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that is Combiner Ryuki, the first five episodes, first arc or so. Uh, the first like two arcs, really. But we have done it. And next time we will do five more. So um, did y'all like this show? Definitely. So far, yes. It's a fun show. Um, I think it definitely um, does a good job organizing stuff. There's still a lot we don't know, including main character names, which hopefully we technically have heard them on screen by that point. I, I like the show a lot. I can see why it's like so popular, so famous. It's the perfect amount of like drama and conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. As the cast expands, I'm really excited for some interactions. I think our third episode chunk has one of my favorite moments in Common Rider. But uh, for right now, though, everybody, who are our top three favorite characters from Common Rider Ryuki? Um, you want to go first, David? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to say uh, we'll start at number three. We'll go Nanako. I think she's she's going to be like a returning character throughout the series, I assume. And she's going to be just doing wacky hijinks at the office. Um, Number two. Sorry, it's early. <laughs> um, Number two. <laughs> oh, God, maybe. I like Ren so far. He's like kind of an asshole, but he's OK. And then one has to be Shinji. Like he's he's more kind of like what I expected of a not what I expect, but like kind of the character archetype for a, a hero that I like. So it'll be interesting to see how he changes over the course of the, the story. And like this is the start of their era of like trying stuff out because like suddenly all these dudes are very different too. like from this point on. Uh, like. Look at like Shinji and Ryotaro and like Takumi. They're like these are different takes on mm. what a hero is. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then who are your top three, Steph? Uh, Nanako also. Uh, just because I find her hilarious, and then finding out she becomes smart lady is even funnier. Just uh, she's incredible. Um, number two is going to be Reiko. Actually, I like kind of her intensity. I like that she keeps everybody in line. She's really cool to watch on screen. Um, and number one for this set anyway is probably going to have to be Ren. I, I I love Batman anyway, so I, I love his whole character and his transformation and everything. So he's my top. He's Shinji's too. Yeah, that's what I suspect anyway. Alright, uh, best characters. Uh, this is hard because uh, um, I remember liking Yui, but she's not in in my top three right now. Um, I'm going to say number three is going to be number three is going to be Nanako, like just like a great good side character, like causing lots of like mischief and all that stuff. Um, Friends, probably number two. Uh, He's still hasn't shown a lot yet, but he's like he's logical he could be super illogical in a way to make drama. He's not quite like a lot of his stuff of like, I'm not, I don't need to tell you shit. Like you're just a dude that I met. <laughs> Makes sense. Like he's not a dumb character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Shinji, yeah, I like that. They just were like, Hey, what if you didn't know evil when you were suddenly thrust in a morally gray, in like a morally gray world? Like, what would that mean? What would that do? Mm-hmm. He's a baby. But I do like how like much he's just like, not listening to advice or like what other people say <laughs> yeah that's probably going to be something that he grows into 
Uh, what was our favorite toku, guys? Our fight scenes, hero suits, monster suits, etc. Ooh. Um, so this doesn't really count as any of the above, but maybe it still counts. Um, when we finally see like what actually happened with Darkwing and that little girl in the stairwell, we see the full picture of the monster coming out of the mirror and like attacking the guy who was going to attack her and then just kind of like standing guard over her. And that's when Shinji runs in. I thought that was really cool. What was yours, David? Oh, by far, it's episode one where he gets thrown in that sign on the building. Hell yeah. Like, I was I was so <laughs> impressed by that stunt. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah. I loved seeing the foam from the sign when it hit the ground. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's fair, fair. But they still did it. That two gazelle fight with, like, going through the glass and going through the, like, building and, like, just, like, a really cool multi-level fight, like we said, um, mm-hmm. looks great. That's uh, it for me. Um, now, fashion, though. For our human characters, a lot of fashion. There's a lot of choices, a lot of characters <laughs> expressed. What was your favorite fashion you saw, Steph? Uh, Nanako. Her sense of fashion is fucking incredible. I'm here for it. She is completely her own person. She wears like those long skirts and those like librarian sweaters, but her hair is always done some wild way. It's just she's so much fun to see on screen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what her hair has in it. Like markers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's out of control. I'm here for it. <laughs> what was uh, your favorite fashion, David? Oh, I mean, it's it's got to be fucking Ren's 1990s Neo trench coat look. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man looks like a school shooter before it was cool. <laughs> Yui has a great look. She has like a brown jacket. She's wearing flannel. She's got like her skirt on. She's got her short hair. It's a very good fashion look. Like I'm sure she like is like straight out of like a Crate and Barrel magazine or something. I don't know. Um, and like. Shinji looks suitably dumb too, um, at all times. Like just the perfect kind of like bewildered boy look. Um, but Yui looks pretty smart. Um, British smart. Uh anyway, um <laughs> that's me forgetting how to express words. Uh but yeah. And as we get closed up though, where can people find you, Steph, when you're uh, not talking about uh all this Tokusatsu stuff? Oh, goodness. You can find me at Nobody Much on Instagram and threads, uh, Neon Clear Candy on Blue Sky, and at, <clears throat> excuse me, www.arcademilitia.com. And David? Uh, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast or on Instagram at Zyrel. You can find uh, me um, on Twitter.com at James Forge, on co-host at James D. You can find the podcast at Come and Ride with Me on Twitter and at come and ride on co-host uh i forgot my blue sky name just now so yeah <laughs> i'll be there next time i still haven't really fully jumped back on that bandwagon um yeah same you can find the podcast at com. there are these episodes and articles some guest articles might be coming out for like shows like pretty guardian sailor moon soon um and then there is if you want to go to uh, slash merch for links to our merch store with all proceeds going to the Trevor Project, there is a slash episodes for links to different platforms. Please rate and review. And you can send in questions to podcast.com.com. And also, um, 
if you want to like uh get involved in the show but don't have a question send us your like kind of ryuki design it's a pretty easy like template to be like this kind of creature this kind of color i just like what you have that's a just a man with some hater blockers on that fucking ryuki (laughs) i want to be a peacock and have wigs good design there you go solid and then last question to finish us out what did we learn today oh no i mean god like uh (laughs) don't be an investigative journalist because you'll get tied up with things you never thought possible shout out to everybody that just got laid off at sports illustrated yep (laughs) (laughs) i said an investigative journalist um hmm Mirrors are scary. I'm not sure if you guys saw the like world in the mirror, like magic in the mirror movies with the terrifying duck people from the nineties. No, uh, scary mirrors. Oh, uh, search like mirror duck. It's like this girl (laughs) goes to mirror duck people. I hope I don't have a bad Google. Um, I, and I hope that wasn't just some fever dream you had that you thought oh, was a movie oh God. you saw all these years. Oh, God. what What is this? Yeah, Magic in the Mirror. This is horrifying. Yeah, this girl finds there's this magical mirror world, and there's duck people there. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Do you need a link, Steph? Uh, no, I... Oh, my God. Yeah, these ducks are horrifying, right? But we found what else we're going to have a special episode on. I mean, it's Toku. You see those suits? Oh, my God. If someone does a front lip, it's basically there. I really think it's like there's like a whole like Narnia level to this, too, or just like. Oh, goodness. And it has a sequel. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's on. It's on freebie. Oh, damn. It's on freebie. Yeah. Magic in the mirror. <laughs> Me and David both posted the scientist looking dude in an ice cream van with this green duck prince. <laughs> it's it it's all everything that was horrifying about Howard the Duck. You ever like have to go to the club with somebody who you really don't want to go to the club with, but you like want to go out? That's the vibe of this photo. Like this is just like the C team. This is the like the D team. <laughs> I've never had that exact feeling, but looking at this picture, I feel like you just described it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Um, so this is kind of what it's like to, like, grow up in fear. This is my next photo. <laughs> grow up in fear. <laughs> Between that and the Garbage Pail Kids, it's a wonder we turned out, like, okay. If you want to watch Magic in the Mirror, uh, let us know what you think about it. What it brings to the Toku Sphere. <laughs> The fact these ducks are all multicolor, I think, is like part of the problem too, because they're not like bright multicolor. They're like menacing. Yeah. They got lipstick on. Okay. But the so eyes, the cold dead eyes. Whenever a full suit has eyes, it's gonna look like something. It looks like they're following me. I'm gonna have to like minimize Discord. I'm sorry. I can't handle this. Kino Steph, it's never too far along in a child's development to traumatize them if you want to add some to your parenting style that's true <laughs> i think the next time we have a family movie night i'm gonna be like you know 
got a really great suggestion from Kip, you guys. Let's buckle in. Yeah, just like... <laughs> Everybody take one of these special brownies. We're about to have a hell of a time. Hey, okay. Um, It's called <laughs> Salvia, honey. And then we're going to watch Magic of the Mirror. <laughs> Sylvia. And you're having a horrible time. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> well, that's what we learned. Uh, Magic of the Mirror is a horrifying movie. There's more horrifying things in this mirror than monsters. There's mallards. Yeah, yeah. That's what we learned that whatever happens in Ryuki coming up, it will never be as bad as this. So we're fine. Uh, I kind of derailed our lessons with that, but I just could, had to remember this other mirror show. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody. And when you look at the mirror, maybe we'll be there. Wearing duck costume. I mean, what else? <laughs> Quack, 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 quack. <laughs>